We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by M-Prize Bank, your partner Impossible. Coming up, the latest episode of the KCSN Draft Show. We're here at Pizza Bar in Kansas City. The Kansas City Chiefs have just selected Felix DK, who's almost the 31st pick. It's, let's kind of take a step back now and look at the first round. Kind of look at some of the stuff that was interesting to us in the third, first round. And let's also look a little bit ahead to the second and third round, the day two of the draft. There's some interesting things. What was the most surprising thing to you in round one of this draft, Craig? Uh, two running backs going as clearly as they did. I, I, listen, I don't think that anybody had any question that B. John Robinson was going to go round one. I think that everybody just was pretty locked into that. And then as the Jameer Gibbs you know, hype started to build a little bit more. It became evident, okay, maybe Bijan's going to go early enough to where Jamar Gibbs or Jameer Gibbs was going to fall in at the end of the round. Instead, he goes in the top 15. Yeah, like, I mean, you had two running backs go before a single pass catcher. Rick and Kyle Gibbs is a pass catcher, but a wide receiver or a tight end come off the board. That was the most surprising to me. I, I mean, I know that they're good, but yeah, I I think it was just the the way some of the runs happened. Like the offense, the, the running back run, but two isn't really a run, but still two running backs kind of that close together in a draft is and this early is kind of wild. 12, the offensive tackles went pretty quick back to back to back. Once they started going, they started going. The wide receivers, four in a row. Bro. If you got a late round one to run on defensive linemen with the uh, Miles Murphy, Nolan, Brian Brzee, Miles Murphy, Nolan Smith, and then Felix Andy-Dykuzoma. So, like, just the way the runs were to this draft, it seemed like teams were being very reactive to what other teams were doing around them to make sure they were catching guys before cliffs in what they rather weak draft class, especially in the depth. And I think that kind of makes sense a little bit when you think about it because what was the whole theme of this draft is every no one knows chaos. No one knows what, where, when, how. So, when... Positions started flying, teams started panicking. They were not going to wait. They were not going to let the board, you know, let, let things dictate. They were gonna, they were gonna start dictating. Uh, and that that was kind of interesting to me when you talk about it, just because, yeah, it, because of the chaos, you saw a lot more order in the pockets in which some of these guys were flying off the board. Yeah, and so it ended up resulting the way it played out. It resulted in uh, we talked about it when we were doing the, the whole lunch game here. At pick 20, the board was looking fantastic for the Chiefs, just the way all the pockets were working. 
But then what we happened over that 10 pick period was a run on wide receivers and a run on defensive linemen all of the 10 picks before the Chiefs were coming up to select. And like, now that that's unheard of and not that it's surprising necessarily, it's just the way those runs happened in that move, it created an interesting spot for the Chiefs to where they were kind of put selecting what I think a lot of us and a lot of people maybe had as like clearly guys the next level down there. And so it's just the way the runs happened ended up making it look really good for the Chiefs in the middle of the draft. And then no matter how you feel at the end, they weren't selecting probably most people had as their best player left available on the board, just the way the runs were going around. Oh, yeah. for sure. You're looking at the board right now. You've got Michael Mayer. You've got Ryan Grant. You've got Joey Porter Jr. Cam Smith. Will Levis is still on the board. Yeah, out, completely out of the first round there. I mean, that to me, those are guys that I think everybody had mocked in the first round. So the chaos of that, those guys calling out, if you would have told me that maybe one of those guys fell out, I believe it. Sure. All of them falling out, that's surprising. I think it's funny because the uh, distribution still kind of checked out about where we kind of thought it might, though, do it some ways because yeah. we saw a little bit of Will McDonald going very early. Yeah. Jameer <laughs> Gibbs going very early. Like, those were kind of some offsetting almost moves. Will McDonald going that early was us absolute stud. Yeah. Emmanuel Forbes sells. Yes. Emmanuel Forbes. Like, you had, you had some guys going or two way earlier than anybody kind of predicted. But at the same time, you want to say, you know what both those guys had in common? Rare traits that the NFL covets. Ball skills for Manny Forbes. Explosion and bend for Will McDonald. They said, we can ignore the weaknesses of these guys. We can ignore the size and the weaknesses because you are providing us with an elite trait that we covet. And that's why they went for him. And I think that's why we're seeing guys like a Joey Porter Jr. doesn't have as much ball production. Doesn't have isn't have doesn't have as much ball production. Isn't as versatile. Guys like maybe even a Felix Andy Nikeuzoma who doesn't have the exact same physical profile as a Will McDonald or Nolan Smith who didn't have the exact same physical profile. We saw guys drop that don't have that elite thing coveted by the Absolutely. NFL. Absolutely, and it's why Dylan Banks went off the board there versus some other guys there. Why Chin Chain went before my, uh, Mayer? Yes, absolutely. Because what is Mayer? A better football player yep. all around than Dalton Kincaid, but he lacks that true trait. What is Brian Grinch? A really good all-around football yeah. player. I mean, it, Felix, following here to the good all-around football player that maybe doesn't have like that one shining point that's going to be that winning thing. That's why those guys fall. And it, I think we say this a lot when we're talking about these teams that consistently draft into the first round. Like, man, how did they get all these good football players to fall? Because teams will take the Will McDonald. They will take the Manny Forbes over maybe those yes. guys that are more well-rounded yeah. good football players. Well, and it's, it's the swing versus the but just continue to hit steady double. Correct. And the Chiefs have, sit, have kind of been in the business of hitting steady doubles, and they just catch value and catch quality players and good players down at the bottom of the first round. Yeah. Uh, I, this was I, I, Christian Gonzalez. Oh, another surprise in the first round. You talk about, hey, like you're hanging your hat on a trait. What? It's He's got traits. It's got elite athleticism. On a trait. But does he have the does he have the trump card outside of the athleticism? I mean, like, he's a really good cover player, but you know what he doesn't have? Ball production. I mean, like, he got some in Oregon, but that was his question. He had almost no ball production coming out of Colorado. So, and the attack, bare life, right? So, like, which you, is why a Devin 
Yeah, yeah, Devin Witherspoon does perform. Yeah, I can even I can even transition this to going to wide receiver. The look at the wide receivers the way they got. JSN's a little bit of an outlier for production, but then Zay Flowers has the speed, the quickness, the dynamic ability. Wenton Johnson, yak ability, the overall athleticism and size. Yeah. Jordan Addison was the last one to come off her horn. The least of the just like coveted NFL traits that you can't really coach. Well rounded. And a well-rounded, good football player. Yeah. The only position that didn't seem to parlay across as well was probably offensive tackle because Broderick Jones was the last one off. Sure. But it seems like all the others, the NFL was chasing the elite trait over the solid, steady football player. And I just wonder if that's a you know a, a mindset of the NFL right now or if they're just looking at a draft class that gets a little weak on day two pretty quickly. And they're like, well, give us the guys that have the traits. We can maybe find role players who are well-rounded players later on because it's getting a lot thin real fast. Uh, to the credit of the offensive lineman, that's been an NFL trend for a little yeah. while. Just taking the best all-around guy and dealing with it versus trying to take a Tracy sort of guy. So I'm looking at I'm looking at this board, you know, and I'm just like looking at what's happened. First first ten picks. Kind of logical. We all kind of said, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, sure, that 10, that's the players you about expected. Darnell Wright, a little bit of surprise. I'm going to read I'm gonna read 12 through 19, buddy. I'm going to read 11 through 19 for you. Peter Skronsky, okay. Detroit Lions at 12, Shamir Gibbs. Yeah, that's a surprise. Green Bay Packers, Lucas Van Ness. That's okay. Pittsburgh Steelers trade up for Broderick Jones. Ball still fine. New York Jets, Will McDonald. Surprise. Uh, Washington Commanders, Emmanuel Forbes. Surprise. New England Patriots, kind of a surprise to Christian Gonzalez. <laughs> wow. Surprise to be Phil. Detroit Lions, Jack Campbell. Yeah. Tampa Bay Bucks, Elijah Cansey. That's half the picks you just named are just weird, wild outliers, but guys that have a specific track that you can't coach. I mean, it's just, that seemed to be the theme of the It's a draft of outliers, but it, we were all looking at it on the outside from a negative standpoint. We were saying it's the draft of outliers. Maybe we should have been looking at it saying it's a draft of guys that are maybe the island of misfit toys, but they all have an elite trait, and those are the guys the NFL wanted. I look at the wide receiver run. Don't make me sad. Well, a couple of thoughts. We, people warned us of 20 to 23, 20 to 20, 20 to 25, really, as the receiver run. Yeah. Probably not a movement, a lot of movement for trading up for the Chiefs because they're probably trading out of a receiver if they're doing it. And receivers, wait, the first four picks that you kind of thought might go receiver yeah. all went receiver. Back to back to back to back. Well, not to back to back. the day two wide receivers. Exactly. And no trades. It was four guys across the board. No trades. The four. The four. The four clear-cut receivers across the board. No trades. And the teams that probably need wide receiver the most out of, I mean, you know, the teams that were most current or commonly mocked wide receivers or that, that had wide receivers their top need. Yes, a lot of people had JSN higher, but you started looking through, it was a lot more hit or miss. It was just finding a spot for him. Right. When you got to the Chargers, the Ravens, the Vikings, the Seahawks are the only one that maybe didn't have to go wide receiver, but those are the ones that caught the JSN ballot. Yeah, same. Right. Yeah. But those other three teams there were almost always mocked wide receivers, so it was no surprise they went there. Correct. Correct. And I get every single one of those. Now, we, we look at that. For the Chiefs to get up to that point, they're probably having to come off of their two or come off of their three in a future three. What up? That's a chip. It would have. Do what up? What up? Once you got to Addison, yeah. yeah. The Vikings only have five picks. I don't... I 
Listen, I don't know what the offer was. I don't know how much they loved them, but like, you, they only have five picks. They're an analytically driven team. I feel like they would have liked, if they didn't love Addison, they would have been a team that would have been willing to trade back. But maybe they loved maybe Addison. They love or maybe the Chiefs didn't love Addison. Yeah. Well, so we don't know. But that's what I'm saying. If all four of those teams really, truly loved that set of wide receivers, now you're coming up to 19. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah. You can't price. You can't get there if these teams don't want to wait and take Marvin Correct. Mims on day two. Correct. That is a steep price to pay to move up to that standpoint. So I know that we're going to look back on this a lot, probably look at the wide receiver grouping a lot, I'm sure. But it's not just as simple as straight up to 24 to get the last guy. Right. You're probably having to go up all the way to 19. And at that point, what is the cost to value yeah. ratio yeah. of trading up for that wide receiver if this specific wide receiver? I did find it interesting. You know, we had uh, Casey Sports Network's Michaela Bennett working, and she said, "Hey, the first source is the Chiefs' realistic trade range starts at about 22." Well, that was right in the middle of that receiver. Those teams did not want to trade yeah. out. Those yeah. teams didn't trade out. Maybe they had some conversations with some of those teams in that range. Yeah, uh, but it was kind of fruitless if, if that's the case. I mean, the Chiefs' that position we thought the Chiefs might target got targeted. Yep, in a in a run. And yep. That was a steep. Oh, I mean, that was still a steep price to pay if they were going to get all the way up. So yeah, team here. Yeah, we were just talking about that. I have another run to look at the end of the first round. Twenty six on Mozzie Smith, D line. Anton Harrison, offensive line. Miles Murphy, defensive line. Brian Brzee, defensive line. Dolan Smith, defensive line. Chiefs, defensive line with Felix Andy Dekazova. Same thing. If the Chiefs were looking to trade up, were any of those teams like if the Chiefs wanted a Nolan Smith or a Brzee or whoever? Which team are they trading up to to not get left at the end of that run? And here's the other part of that. Are the Chiefs viewing those guys as mostly in the same team? Right. Are they looking at that and saying, okay, well, we've got maybe not Anton Harrison. But right. the defensive climate. All so, stacked together. Yeah, all stacked together. And maybe they're looking at that going, hey, listen, we're, we're staying put now. Or we've got our guys that are left. Or if they don't, do the other teams have the same rankings where they don't have them stacked together? So why would the Saints want to trade away from Brian Brzee if they have him clearly as better? Why would, you know, the Eagles want to trade away from Nolan Smith if they clearly have him better, right? So yeah, it's, uh, you know, you were you were in the spot where I don't know if there was a realistic trade-up spot for the Chiefs, even though I think we all probably would have liked them to potentially consider it. Yeah, it, I, I don't know. and uh, The Buffalo Bills might have, made the last I mean they made the last trade up of the day moving up to 25 yeah. that might have been the last one they paid a price they, 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 they used to make 130 to move all well yeah we all talked about how in this class it might be cheaper to move up because it's a bad class but the problem is but quote the problem is eventually where's a cliff teams don't want to move behind right. your cliff so they got you know they're like well hey I don't want to drop away from this guy that I liked enough currently about the pick because the next guy I'm getting your picks not as good hence why you went up here it's so like yeah. Well, and the Jags had already traded back twice. Well, they had already the same thing they got back twice, but yeah, but they had already traded back. And that always, like, that makes it tricky, too. You know, like, they may not have wanted to move all the way back to 31. Right. And, like, again, like, I think those are the things you got to try and think about when you're looking at it. And it's not always just, like, the draft simulators are great. The draft simulators doesn't mean you get to trade up. Whatever. No, no, I don't. Yeah, I don't think we were talking through the runs. I don't think there was an option to trade up for a wide receiver unless you were jumping all the receiver teams tonight. And if you were jumping, if you wanted to move forward for a defensive lineman, you had to get ahead of twenty six, which puts you right on the heels of the Bills who last traded up. So I just, I don't know if there was a trade up partner available. Yeah, I, I genuinely don't think that they might have just been locked out, like literally locked out. 
entirely? <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it, the value has to matter. Like, yeah. you can love that crew, but if the tier is what it is, and you're having to pay a first and a second to go get a guy that you're in a group that's like, hey, let's stay here a little bit. We like guys that we're going to pick at 60. That's how that works. So we ready to move on to talking about day two? Yeah, we'll, no, we'll we'll get there in we'll get there in a second. Uh, I I one more thought, just about the trade up scenario stuff. We're looking at, I mean, maybe the Chiefs had to get all the way in front of Seattle to start the run. Does Tampa? Does Detroit? Do they want to even trade back? Like they may not even want to go back that far. What? Yeah, that went that's a big. That's like it's like that's a big jump back. But can the Chiefs even get that far? When we talked earlier about how their their trade target started about twenty two. I mean, that's when Patelo Bennett was reported that she was here while we were down there. So it doesn't sound like the Chiefs were even involved with trading up that far. We're gonna take a break, and we'll be back right after this. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. Kansas City, the NFL Draft is here. It is Draft Week in Kansas City, and what a time it is for our city. Just winning a Super Bowl thanks to Andy Reid and company, and now hosting the NFL Draft, it's an incredible time to be in Kansas City and to be a Kansas City sports fan. And regardless of who you root for, there's only one selection that every football fan can share, and that's an ice-cold Miller Lite. Look, the players change, the coaches change, the rules change, but Miller Lite is still the perfect beer for draft time, game time, and everything in between. When I want a beer with some flavor, you know I go to the cooler and I reach for a Miller Lite. It's light on calories, not light on taste. It's the perfect beer for watching football, watching soccer, watching any Kansas City sports, and hanging out with the boys. It's my go-to. So kickoff comes around again. Enjoy the beer that tastes like the season, Miller Lite. Great taste, 96 calories. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash KCSN, or you can pick up some Miller Lite pretty much anywhere they sell beer. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? 
Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Hanging out here at Pizza Bar in Power and Lights. We will be at no other pub in Power and Light on Friday and Saturday as the Chiefs make the rest of their selections for the 2023 NFL Draft. They have selected Helix and Abike Uzama with the 31st pick and the final pick in the uh, first round. Now it's time to kind of look ahead to day two. Let's go. Let's look at the pockets. Let's look at what we think the Chiefs might be looking at doing. Um, Best players on the board. Uh, We've got Nolan Smith out there. Or not Nolan Smith's out there on the board. I wish. Uh, (laughs) Joey Porter Jr., Cam Smith, Huey Ringo. You could just name like eight cornerbacks. The run on cornerbacks was wild. Let's just lighter. Ryan Brent, because it's good. It's the one good position. So why why, why not? So it's tight end. Running their quarterback and tight end are both still mostly there. Yeah. So yeah. It's trap five. Yeah. So yeah. Joey Porter Jr., Cam Smith, Huey Ringo. Um, and then you have Ryan Branch at safety slash corner. Then you jump over to the offensive side, and you're probably looking at the tight ends of Michael Mayer, Darnell Washington, plus Grave. I think that's kind of like your top tier guys. Yeah. Maybe you dip in. No one's here your offensive lineman with. That's going to be a value for some. Teams got Osiris Torres, Steve Avila, Joel Dittman. Those are uh, John Michael Smith. Yeah, maybe. I mean, there's a lot of people. There's a lot of people, and I've, I've seen some stuff. Some people say, hey, like there might be a run on interior if offensive lineman. Yeah. Early in round one of the draft, and that would make sense that this is the kind of the pocket where that starts happening. Yeah, I could see that happening with interior offensive linemen. I can also see maybe some teams re-racking their corners and coming up for that corner group, especially since it fell out there. Teams at the beginning of the draft there that maybe were linked to a Christian Gonzalez or linked to some of these other teams now turn around and they're going to take a corner early in the second round that fell out of the first. I could see them catching some value there. I expect we'll see a corner run. I expect to see an interior offensive lineman run. And I, I'm just going to wait and see on tight end. I yeah, really I expected the tight end to come off the board. It's And it's so deep. And that's, well, that, that's the thing. Like, let's start, go. No, no, it's just so deep. It's those corner. But I think with corner, there starts to become bigger gaps. Correct. Because the athleticism matters so much. It's a lot less scheme specific than the tight end's going to be. It's a lot less coach dependent. So I think with tight ends, you might just have them sprinkled in throughout the rest of the whole day. There yeah. might not be a tight end run. You might just have them sprinkled throughout all of day two. Whereas I do agree. I think you will get an interior offensive lineman run. Maybe a Bergeron, a Dewan Jones get fixed in there. Yeah. But I think there will be another offensive lineman run heavily bolstered by interior guys. And I definitely think there's going to be a quarterback run. And that quarterback run is going to happen. The quarterback run didn't happen at the beginning of the first round, right? Because I know the teams that pick at the beginning of the second round skipped on them at the beginning of the first round, right? Yeah. So maybe they're coming right back up, and now you're getting Joey Porter Jr. Now you're getting T.J. Turner. Now you're getting Cam Smith. You have these guys that are almost as good as the players that you were being mocked this entire time in the top ten. Hey, thanks for everybody that's been hanging out with us. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. We are going to be covering every single pick of the 2023 NFL Draft this season. A big shout-out. See Miller Lite, their sponsorship of all the KCSN draft content. It's been great. It's been so much fun hanging out here at Pizza Bar for the first night of this 2023 NFL draft. If we're looking at the Chiefs, and I mean, you're rooting for an interior offensive line, I'm for sure. Sure. You could root for that corner run, too. You could root for the corner run. And quarterbacks get Hendon Hooker in and Will Levis out of here. You could start, you could start adding, you could, you could start adding some, some pockets. And start adding some players together and feel kind of good about 
you know, maybe getting to 50 even and considering doing, making a move. You know, there, there might be an opportunity for them to, to move up in the draft. You know, I had talked about Jalen Hyatt not being a big fan of Jalen Hyatt in round one. 50? He's there at 50? Oh, I'm over the moon with Jalen Hyatt. I, I'd, Hyatt. I'd start looking for, I'd start looking to consider trading up for a Jalen Hyatt. Jonathan Bingo, I was going to say. Or Jonathan Bingo. 55 for Jonathan Bingo there. I, and, and he cuts that corner group, that interior offensive line group, quarterback, other backs. Yeah, Chip, that's very feasible. At this point, I'm going to toss a little Luke Musgrave action to that oh, same group. Oh, yeah. A little different position, but kind of same thing. Creates a little bit more stretch down the seam. Gives you a another tight end that can block and roll the routes. So more like, fluidity and, through his I, mean, I would put a Tucker Craft and a Sam Porter there. I think they're a little bit lower, but like still, like there's, there's offensive weapon options that might be available in round two if corrupts happen the way we're kind of thinking there to start with the quarterbacks, the quarterbacks, and the interior offensive line. I think if you kept it like with a broad perspective and just said, "Hey, uh, let's let's try to get Pat a weapon. Yeah. Let's just try to get Pat a weapon and be aggressive and intentional about trying to go get it." I'm not going to be opposed to them making a move up if they're trying to just make sure that they're going to go get one of those one of those guys. Yeah, how I be move up for Michael Mayer? I'd have to look at the trade chart, see what I'm giving away, but like I move up higher for him than anybody else we've said so far. Got it. I mean, Michael Mayer, I think Michael Mayer is going to hear his name called very quickly. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, he might, you know, he could be a... I the teams in my head, so like I'm trying to figure it out. He might be a stealer. Uh, the, that, him, and, him and Frymuth, that would be a fun. Um, yeah, fun set of 12 person up. I think pick 63 and 95 gets you all the way up to pick 48. Okay. So if you want to sacrifice the rest of day two... For Michael Mayer, yeah. I consider it to go to forty-eight. I, I would consider it as well. Um, I think I think we're looking a little bit too much there, probably. Yeah, I think I think what's more likely is the Chiefs dip into their round four capital. I think. Yeah, I think four. so. Why don't you look at the smaller move up, and that's yeah. The Chiefs could get up to about fifty-three. There we go. That's uh, with with pick one twenty-two. I like that. I really like that quite a bit. I think that that gives you the flexibility. That, Brett Beach has done a pretty good job, especially there in round three, of targeting guys with upside at positions of need. Do you want to tell me that after they're targeting maybe Nick Salvaveri? Oh, my lord, please. I mean, maybe maybe uh, Carter Warren. Well, that's what I wanted to ask. Yeah, like, where, but yeah. What other some nod, like, offensive weapon types that we think the Chiefs would be just targeting in this? Or like, what is one other position? Or even specific players are some guys that you guys feel should be definitely, like, on... Fans' radar going into the debt. Salvaberry, Carter Warren, I think, as round three guys, make a ton of yeah. sense, would fit really well in there. I think, depending on how the defensive line shakes out, I know they just added FAU, but a Gervon Dexter would make some entirely different positions. So, yeah. Keanu Benton yeah. makes a ton of sense. I mean, I think you can look at some of those guys and say, and Lot of in. We couldn't make them need a nose tackle. A Siaki Ika, like just a guy, a, a run defender, and you just drop into the middle of it. And just... and that's the group opposite. I mean, there's the watch. It's, it's a defensive tackle. We had three in the first round. We were stuck on running backs and like the linebackers. Up. Three defensive tackle yeah, was pretty big. Front yeah. you know, They're all different. Jalen Carter's a stud. Yeah. Elijah Canty's tiny. And Ryan was he has medicals, but still three defensive tackles. One event in class. Bozzy Smith. Oh, yeah, four. Four. I, there was a fourth. So so what if you're going into this next scene? What if it's like they're like, the draft class isn't great. What if we just add the biggest bodies we can because it's a little bit safer to say, yes. well, the worst case scenario, you're 320,000. Well, that's what I'm saying. So it's like, the safety net. 
some of these guys, yeah, it's like in a chaotic draft where you don't love it, and maybe it's not the best draft. Milton Trinchin spat at dudes, <laughs> and like even like, and you look at like you look at the back end of you look in the back end of the defensive tackle or uh, of round two, some of those teams just took a defensive tackle. Dallas just took a defensive tackle. Cincinnati maybe they could take an interior defensive lineman, but Billy, I, Billy just took a defensive tackle. So you might be able, there might be a point where you actually just catch it a DT. Right? You, if you sit at 63, you might catch one. Or there's the run that lets an offensive weapon slide a little bit. Like, I, sure. there's, there's definitely a push and pull there. So I'm intrigued to see how it starts out. Uh, is there is there one player above all else that you guys would stake your claim on right now? Who's going to be a cheap on day two? Just give me one player. Best guess. I'm going to go Marvin Mims, the wide receiver out of Oklahoma. I think... You know, there's a lot of connection to the Sue Jalen Hyatt, but hey, adding that speed element, if that if that's the line of thinking to why they wanted, like they were here and hey, look, we're gonna try to get a vertical stretch guy. That's why we everybody and their mom was adding yep. uh, was adding Jalen Hyatt at pick 31. Marvin Mims is your discount. Well, I guess they're both round two players now potentially. Jalen Hyatt, uh, I, I think Marvin Mims at 63 could be a guy that will be there probably. The way the wide receiver board's sitting, I would anticipate, and is a vertical stretch player. Yeah, that's the guy, and I think he's actually a little bit. Yeah, I think he's actually a little bit more of a than a vertical stretch player than than Jalen Hyatt is, but maybe not as good of a vertical stretch player. Just a, just a, just a talk down, a tick down. Yeah. I'm gonna go into Telfer. It's been now. I'm gonna take your dude, Big Sal, in here. <laughs> but I mean, it, I I think he makes a ton of sense. He's he's he, and a simp in a big way throughout this entire process. He would just keep bumping him up, bumping him up, bumping him up as they go through this process here. And we know Chiefs, are, they like guys with his kind of build, his kind of feature set on their offensive line. And we also know that the Chiefs really like guys that worked out with Duke Manny Red. And Big Southbury definitely did. I, I think that he makes Pete Thomas's. They probably got a lot of inside information from guys like Trey Smith, guys like Reed Humphrey, uh, guys like uh, um shoot Terry Kennard like those guys were all working out there they worked out with South of a little bit of inside information from that standpoint I think he makes sense. I'm gonna go with another uh Duke Manyweather guy Jalen Duncan I think oh, yeah. I think the the link is it kind of the swaggy that they're interested his arms are shorter than what they normally like at only 33 inches but that late visit just piqued my interest a little bit he's also working out with those guys Brett Beach seemed to have they wanted to build up some confidence in Lucas Niang based on his presser. It's like they wanted him to have the chance to earn that job. I think Jalen Duncan's a pretty good guy to come in right away, and if it clicks for him, he's good. If it doesn't click, he's a guy that Lucas Niang can definitely beat out because his technique needs some work. So I think Jalen Duncan kind of works on a couple different levels. I have one question before we get out of here, so before you close this out, whenever that is, you got to like, come back to me, buddy. No, go for it. <laughs> What do you trade if you're the Chiefs right now for DeAndre Hopkins since you missed out on any wide receiver that matters in this draft? If you listen to Monty Osafor, it doesn't sound like that, Pap. Sure. But what would you trade for DeAndre Hopkins now knowing how the first round just played out? Does, a contract doesn't matter. You can figure out a way to make it work. Uh, I'd probably throw 95 out there. Okay. I think that's probably what I'd do. I think that's giving up more value than what the wide receiver part of his seat. Yep. I would I would give up around and more for him. Uh, I don't think that's gonna happen. Yeah, it seems a little less likely, but yeah, I would do. I'd go round four. I'd maybe try to pitch an old fly under the Larry Twix that saves a little bit of cap space. Maybe it adds his value back to them. It would be really 
They about looked for the Chiefs. They would have lost a lot of value from what the, the asking price could have been probably going into the draft based on how the first round went, but that's the risk you take to go into the draft with it, I think. I, I don't think it's going to happen in the middle of the draft, though. Yeah, I'd be a little bit interested in that. But I, I am looking. I wish they would, though. I am looking for a move after June 1st if the opt gets at this point. Who knows if he's even. Yeah, I don't know. He's actually going to get traded. Like, there's a chance. There's still a chance to cut. When there's still a chance he's not, too. Like, there's a chance to just be lightens. <laughs> I don't know about all that. I don't know about all that. But what we do know is Felix DK Uzama is a Kansas City Chief with the 31st pick in 2023 NFL draft. The Chiefs have two picks. I'm going to just have you guess real quick before we get out of here. I'm going to have you guess the position the Chiefs take tomorrow. No names, just positions. Tight end and offensive tackle. Tight end and offensive tackle. Interior defensive line and offensive tackle. I'm going to go interior defensive line and tight end. Pop. We're real versed group here. Well, I just, I think, paying attention to where the board is. So none of us think wide receiver. I think if they wanted a wide receiver, they would have done. I know, that's why DeAndre Hopkins on his way. I would like to see Marvin Mims there. I think that'd be a fun one. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Fingers crossed for Mingo, though. I mean, fingers crossed. If Mingo keeps falling, you're going to see me start pounding the table for that. I start paying attention around pick 48. I think things can start getting interesting. You can yep. start looking at the Chiefs, maybe making some moves. We'll be here for every single pick of tomorrow. All the moves the Chiefs may or may not make, we will be here. We cannot wait to see what the Chiefs do on day two. They've selected the defensive end. Felix Anudike is on out of Kansas State, and now we'll see what Beach does to follow up with that. Thank you all so much for hanging out with us tonight. Support the Therese Paler Scholarship. There's still links in there to support. We appreciate you all. We'll catch you later. Go get nuked. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN. Covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current. Plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou. By searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.